Do what? Do I have what now? Oh, I'm leaving everything in. This is not a test of anything but your patience. And I appreciate every second of all of it. I need to make sure that you cannot hear the, the well-known Disney movie playing in the background because that would probably spell legal trouble. I know that we said we knew we would make it if we ever got sued, but I don't think I need Disney suing me. No. Man. <sighs> the following recording are excerpts taken from the July 5th Confession of a Murderer. Or is it not that? Could it just could it just be a story? A story from Edgar Allan Poe. You ever you think you ever went by Edgar Allan Poetry? Because he did do po po poetry as well. Wow, man. My my little girl's uh talking monkey toy. I'm gonna have to pay it royalties. Because uh, certainly, certainly hearing more of it than anything else in this house. Hey, guys. That motherfucker. very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am, but will you say that I'm mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. Uh, how then am I mad? Hearken, and observe how healthily, how calmly, I can tell you the whole story. It's impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain, but once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object? There was none. Passion? None. I loved the old man. He, he had never wronged me. He'd never given me insult. For his gold, I had no desire. I, I think it was his eye. Yeah. Yeah, it was that. 
One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture, a, a pale, pale blue eye with a, like a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so, by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man, and thus rid myself of that eye forever. Now, this is the point. This is the point. You fancy me mad. Madmen know nothing. But you have seen me. Oh, you should have seen how wisely I proceeded. With what caution, with, with what foresight, with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, at about mid midnight, I turned the latch on his door and, and opened it oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I, I put in a dark lantern, all closed, closed, so that no light shone out. And then, I thrust in my head. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to place my whole head within it. it took me a whole hour <laughs> to place my whole head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed. <laughs> Would a madman have been so wise as this? <laughs> and then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously. Cautiously. Well, it, you know, because the, the hinges, they, they creaked. Um, I, I did it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture's eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye was always closed. So it was impossible to do the work that I was there for because it wasn't the old man who vexed me, but it was his evil, evil eye. And every morning, when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone, and inquiring how he had passed the night. So, you see, he would have been a very profound old man, indeed, to suspect that every night, just at twelve, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I was uh, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my mm, sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of, of triumph to think that there I was opening the door little by little, and he not even to dream my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly as if startled. <laughs> now, you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with the thick darkness, for the shutters were closed and fashioned because, you know, fear of robbers. <laughs> and so I knew that he couldn't see the opening of the door, and 
and I kept pushing on it steadily. Steadily. I had my head in and was about to open the lantern. When my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening, the old man sprang up in bed crying out, Who's there? I, I kept quiet and still and, and said nothing. For a whole hour, I didn't move a muscle. And in the meantime, I didn't hear him lie down. He was still, still sitting up in bed, listening, just just as I had done, you know, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently, I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. And it wasn't a groan of, like, pain or, or grief. Oh, no. <laughs> It was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. Hi. <laughs> I knew that sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it's welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo the terrors that distract me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt and pitied him, although <laughs> I chuckled at heart. <laughs> I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first light noise when, when he had turned in the bed. His fears had been ever since growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but couldn't. He had been saying to himself, it's, it's nothing but the wind in the chimney. It's only a mouse crossing the floor. It's merely a cricket, which has made a single chirp. Yeah. He'd been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions. <laughs> but he had found all in vain. All in vain. Because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel although he never saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. You can't imagine how stealthily, stealthily, until... At length, a single dim ray, like the thread of the spider, shot out from the crevice and fell upon the vulture eye. It was open, <laughs> wide, wide open, and I, I grew furious as I gazed upon it. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow in my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the ray as if by instinct precisely upon the damned spot. And now, have I not told you what you mistake for madness is, is but over-acuteness of the senses? Now, there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound that, uh, you know, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that 
sound well too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. But even yet, I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could to maintain the ray upon the eye. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker, and louder and louder every single instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say, louder, 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 every moment. Uh, do you mark me well? I have told you that I'm nervous, so I, I am. Now, at the, the dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of that old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror. Yet, for some minutes longer, I refrained and stood still. But the beating grew louder and louder. <laughs> I thought the heart was going to burst. And now, a new anxiety seized me. The sound would be... The sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, <laughs> I threw open the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once. Only once. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. And then I smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. But for, for many, really, for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be heard through the wall. <laughs> At length... It ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yeah. Yeah, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there for many minutes. No pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye wouldn't trouble me anymore. If you still think me mad... You will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I worked hastily, but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs. Then I took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber and deposited all of them between the scantlings. Then I replaced the boards so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot whatsoever. I had been too weary for that. A tub had caught all. Uh, when, when I made an end to these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart, for what I had now to fear. There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. Hmm. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been logged at the police office, and they, the officers, had been 
deputed to search the premises. I smiled for, for what did I had to fear, you know. Uh, I bade the gentleman welcome. The shriek? <laughs> I said that was that was my own. And it was, it was, I was doing it in, a, it was in a, a dream. Yeah. The old man I mentioned was, was absent in the country. I, I, I took my visitors all over the house. I, I bade them search and search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues, while I, I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. <laughs> the officers were satisfied. I mean, my, my manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But, uh, ere long, I felt myself getting pale, and I wished them gone. My head, my head ached. I fancied a ringing in my ears, but still they just sat and chatted. The ringing now became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness until at length I found that the noise was not within my ears. <laughs> no, no doubt I now grew very, very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice, yet the sound increased and what could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound, much like a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and argued about trifles in a high key and with violent gesticulations. But the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides as if excited to fury by the observation of the men but the noise steadily increased <laughs> oh god what could i do i foamed i raved i swore i swung the chair upon which i had been sitting and grated it upon the boards but the noise arose over and continually increased it grew louder 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 and the men still chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible that they heard not? Almighty God, no. No. They heard. They suspected. They knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. <laughs> this I thought and this I think. But anything was better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die, and now again, hark, louder, 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 louder. Villains, I shrieked, dissemble no more. I admit the deed to tear up the planks here, here. It's the, it's, it's the beating of his hideous heart.
Thank you.